Hello, friends and family, all those listening. I just wanted to speak with you about defining moments. Defining moments in your life are moments that you have lived through, that you have overcome, that you are still standing. Those moments may have derived from situations and circumstances that seemed impossible to overcome, that seemed unlikely to survive. Um, Those defining moments are moments where we are defined by them. There was a man in the Bible who was lamed, who laid at the gate, and he watched as others entered in. He was lame, and he laid at the gate, and he watched others enter in. This man in the Bible was not called by his name, nor was he identified um, by anything other than his condition. And sometimes we allow the moments in our lives, the periods in our lives, the temporary circumstances in our lives to define us. Sometimes we allow the current situations that we're in to define us. We allow our current conditions to find us. The woman who can't have children, the man who can't get a job, These things are temporary situations. These things are not impossible things that God cannot resolve or solve. God is able to change any situation, any circumstance, any condition. God specializes in the impossible. He takes pleasure in doing the things that are not of human capabilities. Instead of our defining moments being moments that we felt as if we were subject to a condition, moments that we were subject to a circumstance or our situation at the time, allow those defining moments to be moments of strength, moments of character. Redefine your moment. This is not the season of lack. This is my season of opportunity to where I seek out opportunities that will cause me not to lack. This is not my season of barrenness. This is my season of stillness to hear the voice of God, to know what I am to produce. We talked in the revival, the renewal, as well as the recovery room about not being subject to what happened to us, not letting the things that have taken place in our lives define us, those that were abused, no longer being the abused, but being the survivor. And again, I do not by any means or any intentions want to minimize what may have occurred in your life, what may have happened to you. But I want you to grow from it. I want you to get up from there. 
I want you to see yourself as God sees you. And he sees you of worth. He sees you of value. When the woman with the issue of blood got to a point in her life where she was so desperate that she herself had to seek out her healing, that she crawled through the crowd to Jesus to touch his hem of his garment. When Jesus asked, who touched me? And the disciples thought it funny. There's so many people here. God, how could you say who touched me? But he knew that he had been touched because he felt the virtue leave his body, the healing virtue. When he addressed her, he did not address her by her condition. He saw her faith. So your faith is able to restore you and to make you whole. But it takes you believing. It takes that desperation. I discussed with you in the revival that it's he who hunger and thirsts for righteousness that shall be filled. God is wanting to recover you from those defining moments in your life. He's wanting to renew your mind. He's wanting to start an, an, a revival within you. He wants to awaken you to your true nature and your true purpose. You are not the defeated. You are not the rejected. No, you are still standing you are still here. You are chosen. He traded your sins. He traded your flaws. He traded everything for you on the cross. Reset. Start from right where you are. Get up. It's time to get up. You've been there long enough. You've allowed what happened to you to define you, define you long enough. I ask even now that Lord created us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. Touch us even now. Let our ears hear your word. Let us walk in it. Let us turn to you. Turn our hearts to you. Turn our ears to you. Our mind to you. Our eyes to see what you see when you look at us, God. Let us not be defined negatively by the moments in our lives. But let us see the positive in the situations that we're still standing, that we've overcome, that we are victorious, that we won. We have the opportunity to live again because you have revived us. You've renewed your covenant with us. And you're recovering it all for us. Everything that we thought we lost, everything that was stolen, our joy, our peace, the stability in our minds, our focus, our rightful place with you, our relationship with you. 
allow those that have felt distant to feel closer to you like never before. Let them know that not only are you with them, you will lead them, you will guide them. Touch even now, God. Let your will be done in our lives. Let us be defined by who you say that we are. Your chosen people, your royal nation, your holy priesthood, the apple of your eye. Let us have wisdom worth more than rubies. Let us move beyond what we've been called. Move beyond our conditions. Move beyond our circumstances. And let us stand for who you called us to be. Because greater are you within us than he that's against us. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you, almighty God, raise up a standard against him. You are our king. You are our refuge. And we know that in you we have our being. There is no lack. There is no failure. There is no flaw. There is no sickness in you. So we will not be defined by our conditions. We will not be defined by what happened to us. But we are defined by who you say we are. And that is our defining moment. Now, I, Paul, appeal to you with the gentleness and kindness of Christ, though I realize you think I am timid in person and bold only when I write from far away. Well, I am begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Look at the obvious facts. Those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as they do. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. I'm not trying to frighten you by my letters. For some say Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but in person he is weak and his speeches are worthless. Those people should realize that our actions when we arrive in person will be as forceful as what we say in our letters from far away. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. We will not boast about things done outside of our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. 
We are not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you as if we have never visited you. For we were first the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that boundaries of our work among you will be extended.